You know, spiritual awakening doesn't mean you have to float away on a cloud of Zen, okay? It can be as basic as becoming aware that you are more than labels, titles, and roles, and that you are not the thoughts you think. You're separate from them. I'm Bridget Blythe Briere, a regular girl going through a shift that I'm sharing with you because it feels good to figure out how to unlock heart and mind to reveal the true self and live with a deeper connection to the universe and everything in it. You can have that too. And these episodes are meant to help provide you with guideposts to pursue your own path to becoming socially responsible. Hello, friends. I am recording this episode from my car today, so hopefully it all works out. Um, How's it going with the ego watching and the investigating on your way to trusting your true self more? Like, have you had any hits of intuition, inner knowing really pop for you since listening to episode 11, Trust is a Must, and putting the call to action into play? I've just been over here working on flying out of the fog, which is what I call the thick, mucky, gucky, yucky head habits that I formed from, well, you know, just living life. Because like, whatever our childhood environment was, good, bad, or in between, we pick things up behaviors, reactions, thoughts about ourselves, beliefs about other people and places, which comes from observing, hearing, and listening to caregivers, siblings, friends, extended family, and just from experiencing life as it's presented to us when we're young, especially until about the age of six, which is when studies show we start to engage with our conscious mind. Now, this is not to say the awareness piece, the observer, is there then with that conscious mind. This is still more of the autopilot thinking that's influenced by the subconscious information that we suck up. Complicated. But it begs the question, what does it mean for us after childhood? Well, I think it means that a lot of humans in grown-up age bodies are just walking around with all kinds of behaviors that come from their inner child and the subconscious mind. It doesn't even mean that you grew up in an obviously awful environment. It doesn't mean there's some finger of blame to point. Even people like my husband who views his childhood as very much a beautiful experience, even people like him have wounds of childhood to heal. I mean, most parents and caregivers are not intentionally doing stuff to hurt the children in their life, but it happens anyway. I mean, my parents fighting with each other and their focus on their careers was not meant to be detrimental to me. And yet it still had an effect on me in a way that shows up in my almost 40 year old life. So if we, the awareness observer, the soul energy don't heal these wounds. And first, of course, we have to notice the behavior that we're exhibiting as an adult. But if we don't heal these wounds, we remain prisoner of the past and then probably are going to perpetuate the same kind of problems to a next generation. I mean, again, kids are sponges. They pick stuff up. I am really getting this as a parent, you know, just seeing my kids act in ways that they see me acting. And sometimes it warms my heart. Like when my son smiles and says hi to everyone we see, I'm like, yes, that is so me. He gets that from me. 
And then other times I'm like, oh my God, I am destroying these children. Like when my kids are super hard on themselves for making a small mistake, dang, they learned that from me. And so of course we were each kids once and we sponged all that was around us. And now as adults, we get to have a choice. We can continue on autopilot doing what we've always done. I am going to still be the same person that I always was because it's easy, right? That's like robotic way of thinking. Or we can take on this really cool but challenging opportunity to notice and observe the things we do and think and say and then make adjustments, become socially responsible, of course, to ourselves, our true self but perhaps even more so for the people in our lives, you know, be them our children or other family members or friends or coworkers. Yeah, even that coworker who you think is super annoying. <laughs> and P.S., what a great opportunity to examine yourself when you have a thought and a reaction like that, like, oh, that person's so annoying, right? For what we resist in another, we actually are resisting within ourselves. Now, a great resistance within me and an inner child wound that I am healing, and I have a bunch, <laughs> but one thing is um, a thing I've noticed and observed more than ever during the pandemic because of all the time spent at home and my husband working from home. First of all, he and I are very different. This isn't the wound. This is just setting the stage for you, right? Okay, so he's the oldest of four. He grew up just outside of Boston, so like more city vibe. His parents are still married. Everyone in his family like lives within 20 minutes of each other. We see each other a lot. Um, he has a law degree. He's this excellent attorney. Tons of you know attention to detail and patience to put together and go through long legal documents, right? And then there's me. Not so great with patience. I really like things to happen fast. I was definitely all set with school after getting my undergrad degree. Um, you know, I live kind of far from both of my parents who divorced when I was like 11 or 12. And I'm an only child and I grew up on a farm in a small town. So add to that that my husband is Mr. Steady, okay? I even joke that he's like a flatliner because he neither gets super upset nor does he get super happy as far as the way that he emotes. Um, whereas I, if I'm upset, I'm sobbing. And if I'm happy, I'm like really happy. Or if something's funny, I'm like laughing really loud. And I experience my feelings very strongly. I emote in a big way. And those are the obvious differences between me and my husband. But beyond that, we each carry with us this inner child, which affects how we interact with the world and with each other. And me, I have come to see that I have this inner child who, among other things, and this is the part that I've noticed more so being home during the pandemic, this inner child who's really scared of, aka insecure about, relationships with those closest to me. And it makes sense, right? My parents divorced. My dad moved away. He remarried. He's closer to his wife's family than he is to you know, me or his other relatives. And that is not to say that I feel like he abandoned me or anything. It's just, it's stuff that happened that clearly affected me 
in a way that stayed with me. And I'm almost 40 now. And so while I overcame some major limiting beliefs to open myself up to meet a great guy like Sean, my husband, within our marriage, I have still been up until fairly recently, kind of subconsciously and unconsciously recreating childhood traumas that I haven't healed, including fears of not being good enough and thinking that those closest to me are the most judgmental and critical of me. And so what it looks like as an adult in a marriage is miscommunication by way of processing things as a lost little girl and then projecting that back onto my partner. And I know this because of observing human being Bridget and her patterns and habits from my soul space. Like, I have a very hard time hearing what my husband is actually saying because my autopilot conditioned, unconscious, subconscious inner child believes that each conversation has this undertone of judgment. Like, we'll be talking about something completely non-contentious, like what to have for dinner, and when he shares his thoughts on chicken or steak, and he says one and I want the other, I get offended, as in I feel actually hurt, like I feel sad. And then I shoot off into defensive land and he's like, Bridget, it's just dinner meat. (laughs) And yet, despite rationally knowing that these conversations are basic and that I could have the same dialogue with a friend and not get upset, it gets twisted up with emotions based on past experiences. I become that version of me who still hurts from some of the ways in which I grew up. You know, there was fighting and yelling at each other and you know, my parents divorced and criticism between them and towards me. And again, this is not to shame or blame anyone. It's just the way it was, which left me with a wound within that I am responsible to do something about. Okay. I think the audio will sound better now. My daughter came out of dance class and I have shifted now to my home recording studio, otherwise known as recording beneath a blanket in my bedroom. (laughs) Okay. So I think that most people have some level of inner child healing that needs to be done. This is also called reparenting. And you can do it through therapy, but for our purposes, I'm just talking about self-reparenting, stuff that you can do on your own. Obviously, it's much easier to just continue on with whatever pattern of behavior or reactions you have that are attached to something or things that happened when you were a kid. But why? Why would you do that? We have the power to do better and be better, to learn and to grow, and to be socially responsible. Maybe it's obvious to you how your inner child is hurting, and maybe you know which behaviors come from that place, but it's more likely that you don't, and that's okay. I mean, first you might have to just let go of resistance that feeling of being upset about even the possibility that you have within you a piece of yourself from childhood that didn't get what you wanted or needed, or that somehow sponged something that hurts you still. This can be a very jarring reality for people to connect with. From there, turn up the awareness, crank the self-care. For example, what do you need now as an adult? And a few core obvious things come into play for all of us. A good night's sleep, water, healthy foods, moving our body in a meaningful way for a little while each day, healthy connections and relationships. But what else? Like, What do you long for? 
I always, as a child, wanted to be hugged and snuggled, and my parents were busy, and I didn't get much of that sort of thing, and it took me until my mid-30s to figure out how to heal that longing. And unfortunately, oftentimes we look to our partners, our romantic relationships to heal. And so this can create a lot of drama, for lack of a better word, within relationships because you have two people each trying to heal from different hurts. And so it manifests in uh, different ways for everyone, but within relationships, especially, you know, this stuff can come up. Maybe you long for better communication with your partner or to be better at expressing yourself, or maybe you let people walk all over you and you need to work on boundaries. Families provide us with a lot of wonderful things if we're lucky when we're children, and yet there are still ways in which we can notice and observe and improve upon what we learned subconsciously, unconsciously, or or on purpose, right? Do you, like me, get overly upset when you do something, like make a little mistake, like spill or drop something? My mom was incredibly hard on herself in moments like that. I mean, perhaps that was learned from her own childhood. And it's a behavior that would upset me when I would see it, when I would see her do this to herself. And yet I also took it on as a behavior of my own and I'm healing, but I still act out in this way. And then I see my kids acting out in this way. And that's so eye-opening. So I'm learning to not call myself names when something like that happens. Even, you know, like, oh, I'm such a dummy, you know? Kids take that on, and then they make little mistakes, and then they say those things. And that, it's small, but it can create long-term, deeper hurt. Uh, Another thing, like, are you using silent treatment to punish people in your life because that's what was demonstrated to you? Or maybe you shut down when you get the silent treatment now because it's a reminder of what happened when you were growing up, you know? I didn't get the silent treatment. There was a lot of yelling in my house, and that's a behavior that I'm working on. You just have to see it, your struggles, and use it as an opportunity to evolve and improve. In gratitude for liking what you hear, please take a moment to leave a review, subscribe, and share Socially Responsible, A Regular Girl's Guide to Spiritual Awakening.